that I don't enjoy that great seat. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, it's the congregation here at the Locust Grove Church of Christ doing this morning. We're praying that all is well. And we are thankful to God that you are here, that he blessed us to see another day of his creation. And we hope and pray that you are here for the one main reason, to render worship unto God and to praise him, give adoration unto him, and to just give your all unto him. Because he's worthy, he's deserving, and why else would we not want to do so? For God who blesses us in so many ways, does so much for us, protects us while we sleep, while we drive up and down the highways and back roads, blesses us with good health, strength, provides food, rain, shelter, jobs. Oh, we could go on and on and on. Why would we not want to praise him and worship him with all that we have. And the church say amen. amen. We will continue with our lesson, uh, I would say part two of uh, three or four series. It might end next Sunday, it might not. But we're dealing with how did we arrive at this point. And last week we dealt with how did we arrive at this point concerning the family. How did the family arrive at this point where it is so dysfunctional? There's so much chaos, there's so much confusion. How did we arrive at this point? Today we want to look at the lack of discipline in the home. Lack of discipline in the home. How did we arrive at this point that so many homes are just out of control? <coughs> Children, no respect for their own parents. And you know if they don't respect their own, they're not going to respect anybody else. Our schools are in, in chaos because there's a lack of discipline implemented at home. And because of a lack of discipline and order at home, this pours over into the school systems as well as other places as well. We look at the headlines on the news reports daily. What are they saying? The same things over and over and over. Carjackings, robberies, car break-ins, house break-ins, assaults. And some, you hear these stories of young men and women, they, they just say, I'm going to take your stuff because I want it. How did we arrive at this point for someone to have such a mentality of no respect, no regards for others as well as their property? How did we arrive at this point that people would just kick in your door, climb through your window? It used to be they waited until you left, but now it doesn't matter. You can sit right in your home. You could be sitting right there in your home and they'll come in. Some would even ring your doorbell and wait for you to open the door and 
bum rush you and come into your home. Yeah. Cameras don't scare them, folks. Cameras don't scare them. Matter of fact, some will even post and make sure you get a good sign. <coughs> because they have no respect, no regard for the laws of this land, others, and most importantly, there is no respect for God whatsoever. But my question is, how did we arrive at this point? How did we arrive at this point that sex is something that is just out of control in our society? It's, it's so much out of control, the schools have to shut down restrooms so that they can monitor who's going into just one restroom that they will allow our boys and girls to go in because they can't leave all of the restrooms open because too many illicit sexual acts are going on in the restrooms. How did we get to this point that is so out of control that there are so many childbirths out of wedlock? How did we arrive at this point? I'm not fussing this morning. I'm just bringing reality to us to ask a question and hopefully you can think about it. And if nothing else, you can look at your own situation and safeguard your own situation. Look at your own home and, and promote and bring about safeguards to try to help situations in your own home. It's a reality. I can't get up here and preach about these folks or what they're doing in the world. When we are at a point now we see more of the world in the church than what we should see. The only world in this we should see in the church is when a worldly person come in to come to be saved. Not for them to come and bring their practices and their behavior in the world, but not only that, once we have been baptized, washed, redeemed, sanctified, justified, we should not desire to go back into the world and bring that behavior and those practices into the world. How did we arrive at this point? Realizing that the more we rebel against God and the things we do that are opposing to God, many of them will only lead us to poverty. Let me say that again. It will only lead us to poverty. <coughs> but yet seeing how many are struggling and living such a life of poverty, it doesn't seem to deter, deter anyone. It just <coughs> seems as if I want to do what I want to do. And I want to eat, drink, and be merry and just have fun in my flesh. Surely the government will take care of my responsibilities. How did we arrive at this point? That we even lie so much in concerning things, no spiritual regard concerning the church when we look at our behavior, how we conduct ourselves. I'm troubled. We have arrived at a point where we laugh and glorify men and women on TV when they're arguing about who is the real baby dad. A woman will sit on TV and have a group of men uh, may start off singling out one and the DNA test come back, the DNA test come back and say, he is not the father. 
but yet we find humor, we find glory. We are looking at this as a thrill and something funny. What is funny about a woman sitting there saying, I don't know who the father of this baby is. What she's really saying is, I've laid up with so many. And I don't know who the daddy is. But yet we sit and watch shows and we glorify in this foolishness. We glorify in this mess that women now have no shame about having a child. And when it comes time to sign the birth certificate, she will say, I don't know who the father is. Maybe it's true that she don't, but sometimes people lie. And to keep that young man or that man, however old or young he may be, to keep them from having to face the responsibilities of being accountable for what they participated in, bringing a life into this world, they will lie and say, I don't know who the father is. I didn't expect too many amens today. Normally, you don't get them when you're talking about the reality. Amen. Now, if I was up here acting a fool like Jerry Springer, yeah. some of these other crazy talk shows that we just laugh and make fun about, or it would just tickle your fancy. But there's nothing funny about sin. There's nothing funny about this type of behavior that is pouring into the Lord's church. And we, even though some of us, we may not be guilty of doing it, but your laughter and your association with these people is just, just the same. How can we find something so entertaining when yet it should be so shameful? How did we arrive at this point? Where is the discipline and self-control? The home is supposed to be a fortified sanctuary, a holy place, a place of protection and order. Everyone fulfilling their divine roles so that God will be glorified. God has always been a God of order. God is not, the Bible says, is not the author of confusion. You go back to the garden. God put forth order. He put Adam. He put Eve. Adam's job was to maintain and care for the garden. Eve had her role and responsibilities. But God has always been about order. When, Adam, when the sin was committed in the garden between Adam and Eve, God came to the head. He did not call out for Eve. He called out for the head. No different than how it's supposed to be today. But sad to say, many homes today don't have a male head for God to call on. We have all of the other elements, the children, and all of the other things pertaining to what a family as defined by God should be, but there's no man or male as the head. Some minds are so perverted, some have substituted the man with another woman. But I'm sorry, folks. 
God instituted and put a male. Isn't that wrong? So being that there's an absence of the male figure in the home, there's a lacking in the home. There's a great absence that is much needed that's not there. So now, many of these things fall on the mother. Many of these responsibilities that should be headed up by the man, the husband. I don't want to use that term, the man, because see, then you'll say, I'm preaching, you can just have a man up in your house. No, a husband. And for you to have a husband, you need to be married. So no, what we read in Ephesians 5 pertaining to the wife and submitting unto her own husband and the husband loving the wife as Christ loved the church and giving himself for it, this does not apply to people who are shacking. Doing drive-bys, doing layovers, this is something that pertains to husbands and wives. How did we arrive at this point? That when we look at our society and say, it is so messed up, it is so out of control. But folks, let me tell you something. Most of this confusion and chaos of what we behold on the news every morning, every afternoon, and every evening it originated from the home. It originated from the home. There's never a time when I look at a report or read about a story of a young man carjacking somebody and I say, now, he lives somewhere. He lives somewhere. Now, I just wonder, after he go out and carjack someone, drive his car around, tear it up, and do whatever he does, and go back home. What does his parents say? Well, maybe they didn't know. Well, why didn't the parents know he was out at 3.30 in the morning? Why didn't the parents know he was out all night? Why didn't the parents know what kind of people he was hanging around? Whatever happened to the discipline? Whatever happened to the order of the family? Amen. We live in a society now that when people step up to do what is right and raising their children and doing what is right before God, we want to be labeled as mean. We want to be labeled as hostile. We want to be labeled as, as, as people who are just mean-spirited. No! Where there's no discipline, you're going to have trouble. Where there's no discipline, there will be chaos. There will be confusion. How did we arrive at this point? I want to share several examples of what happens to a household when that household refuses to do things the way God commands them to be done. Amen. 
I want to direct your attention over to 2 Samuel chapter 13. Not going to read the whole chapter, but the, the setting of the story is there. You don't hear much preaching about this, but believe it or not, it's a reality. Amen. And it's a reality not only just in the world. It's a reality, sad to say, even among God's people. The story of Abner raping his own half-sister. You said, Brother, man, how can someone be so defiled in their thinking that they would stoop so low that they would rape their own One of the high points I want to bring out in this is you hang around the wrong people, they'll lead you to do wrong things. Amen. And that not only is, a, is, is an application to our young people, sometimes parents hang around the wrong people and seek an advice regarding how they should conduct themselves as well as their own. Abnon became so enraged in lust. The Bible said he, he beheld his sister. And he was so madly in lust with her. Not love. He was so madly in lust with her. The Bible said he got sick. He couldn't eat. He was so obsessed with his own sister, he sought out a way of how he could have her. How does a person come to the point that they could look at their own sister? and become so blind. When God is absent in the heart of a person, you will do anything. Here we have a perfect example. It doesn't matter that it was his sister. And some folks say, well, it was his half-sister. It was blood of his blood. You can try to dress it up any way you want to. What occurred should not have occurred. And even if it wasn't his sister, he had no right to rape How can you arrive at such a point when God is absent from your thinking? There is no limit to what you want. He, he, had a, he had a buddy. He had a road dog. He had a buddy that even concocted the idea and the plan of how he could get to lay with his own sister. And to make a long story short, 
He approached his sister, pretended to be sick. Asked of his father that she could come tend to him. She came. She did what was asked concerning hoping to help him with the sickness that wasn't truly there. And when he made his approach unto her, she pled with him. She pled with him to the point that she said, why don't you just ask the king to have me? In other words, let's do it the right way. No. See, here's the thing about the devil. The devil isn't interested in doing anything the right way. The Bible says his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. As we go on in the story, he took advantage of her. He raped her. And after he performed the sexual act with her, he became bitter with her. And he was ready to throw her out. She begged him not to shame her in such a way. But see, here's the thing, folks. There's a major difference between love and love. Love has a concern and a caring about you. Love only seeks to fulfill the burning. And after that fire is extinguished for the moment, lust goes on about its business. She begged her brother, don't shame me. Don't shame the people. Don't shame your family like this. He became so furious with her after he violated her. He had her thrown out. Thrown out like the garbage. Set out like, I don't know you. Set out like, why are you bothering me? Where was the discipline? Where was the constraint? It wasn't. And without discipline, you'll do anything. Yeah. <clears throat> Absalom, same family. We could say King David had a first family. Absalom was a son who rose up and decided he was going to remove his father from office. Not to mention the kids. Second Samuel chapter 13. No, I'm sorry. Second Samuel chapters 15 through 19 lays the foundation of the story of Absalom. Who became so caught up in himself and his looks, and the people pumped him up, and they always spoke of how beautiful. 
had a beautiful head of hair. And he became so caught up in himself that he sought to do his own father wrong. And he ended up being killed himself. Hung from a tree by the same beautiful head of hair. That people always praise him about. How can it come to the mind of a child, a son, a daughter, that they would arrive at the point that I see no value or use in my parents anymore, that they can just consider killing? It's easy when God is not in your heart. We see it on the news reports. We see it building up in some families every day when we turn on the news. See, first it begins with a lack of respect in the home. And then it goes out to the streets. And many build a reputation out there that I don't have to listen to anyone. Do what I want to do. And Satan will propel this that when they come back to your house, they'll tell you what to do. Amen. And when you take a stand against them, you may lose your life. But all along, you saw it. You saw it. You saw it developing. You saw it when they wouldn't come in, when you told them to come in. You told them when you told them to do some of the chores around the house, and they ignored you. You saw it coming by the type of people they started hanging around. But never in your wildest dream would you have ever imagined one day they would kill you. Why wouldn't they? If they are of their father, the devil, why wouldn't they? Brother, man, it ain't like kids are killing their parents every day. Watch the news. But not only parents, they'll kill grandparents. And don't, don't lead them to believe you got a little money. Just like they could go out there and carjack and take from somebody they don't know. Surely they'll take it from you. And when you refuse to step up and take the necessary actions to discipline this individual, you're only laying the foundation for them to come in and disrupt and tear up your home. I know this isn't popular and what people want to hear about, but it's reality. Amen. We would rather turn our heads, we would rather turn the radio on and drown it out or talk about sports or something else and just hope it go away. It won't. It will not. Prophet Eli 
Priest Eli had two sons. Two wicked sons. First Samuel chapter 2. Two wicked sons. When I said wicked, I said wicked. They were the scum. God told him, you need to deal with these boys. You need to deal with these boys. And Eli fell in his responsibility to discipline these two boys the way he should have. He spoke to them. He shared with them, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that. You know it ain't right. Parents, let me tell you something. Sometimes you got to go beyond just this verbal conversation. Here's a perfect example. Here's a priest. A priest. And he tells his sons, you are, you, you are an embarrassment. You should be doing this stuff that you're doing taking advantage of the people, stealing, and, or, and extortion, and all kind of things going on that you are promoting at the temple. At the temple. And causing people to, to, to be misled. Oh, he spoke to them. Sometimes it takes more than speaking. Amen. See, the, the, the major difference in what happened to Eli's sons and what have happened or will happen to some of our children, God killed Eli's sons. But the police or some other person out there in the street going to kill you. Because see, it's always somebody out there bad. That's right. And there's always somebody out there carrying a gun bigger than the one you got. That's right. So while while you choose not to exercise the disciplinary procedure that God has put in place, train them up. Teach them. Don't spare a rock. Ah, that's old fashioned. That's it. It, it. it will keep them alive. Amen. That's right. Amen. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. So you already know what they're full of. Amen. And God has given us the instructions on how to save this child. But yet, because of a lack of discipline in the home. We allow this foolishness to abound and, and pour over, and they take it out into the streets. Right. Well, everybody's not going to put up with your child's foolishness. Amen. That's right. That's right. Everybody's not going to tolerate your child knocking their window out and stealing their laptop right. and other stuff out of their car. That's One day, somebody's going to be sitting at that traffic light with their pistol already cocked. And your son or daughter, because some of the girls are just as worse, 
it's go, they're going to pick the wrong car. And they're going to they're gonna walk up to that car and say, give it up. And that driver of that car is going to give it up. I don't know how many rounds they're going to put into your son or daughter. But they're going to give it up. They're not going to give up what they thought they were going to give. They expected the car. Now you've got to plan a funeral. And here we go. How is that person such a terrible person? How could you do that to my baby? How could your baby pull a 45 or 9 millimeter and point it to the head of the car owner? That's right. How could you allow your baby to pack and keep weapons in your house? How did we arrive at this point? When parents do not want to do things the way God has prescribed for them to be done, there's going to be confusion. There's going to be pain. There's going to be suffering. It's not God's fault. It's our fault as parents. When we don't hold ourselves accountable unto God. And doing what God has charged us to do in raising children. Stop trying to be their friends and their buddies. Stop trying to win a popularity contest. Stop trying to dress like them and be and win their friends over. Be an adult. Be a parent. Most of our family situations are already in a critical crisis because there's no man there. There's no husband there. Amen. You're already behind the eight ball. You already got more to deal with in the handle than what you truly can bear yourself. Amen. Ain't no time for giving in. No time for steering off course. You need God. We need God in our homes. And we're not going to fulfill God's mission and our purpose unless we get God back in our homes. Amen. So, well, brother mate, what, what am I to do? The daddy not here. God is still available. God is still available. See, what, what we don't like to admit and face, God can forgive sin. But it's still upon us to deal with the sacrifice, I mean, the, the consequences of sin. And many of us, we want to we skirt the responsibilities of facing and dealing the consequences that we have to deal with. God's word is still true. That he won't put no more on. That he know. You can bet. Even as a single mom. God is still available. But you have to understand. Because of your situation. And what has resulted from. Maybe your hard headedness. Your rebellious spirit. And you going off track. And doing things your way. 
God is still available. But you just have to understand, you're just not going to live that wonderful, glorious life that you once thought you were going to live. There's no husband there. You got to pull up some slack. Slack that moms, even with a husband, already have such a great responsibility Amen. in fulfilling. Amen. And if there's already a great responsibility to fulfill, just imagine how much harder it's going to be without a husband. That's right. Amen. Just the thought. You want to try to raise a boy. Mm -hmm. To bring him into manhood. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you don't beat that joke when he's small. Right. If you don't beat right. the feel God in him when he's small. Then he's going to try it. Yes. And if he'll try a grown man. That's right. I know he'll dose you all, huh? Right. I know he'll dose you all. Matter of fact. He wouldn't, he won't even have to hurt your coat. You'll be, you'll be afraid of it. It's in them. Foolishness is bound in them. You can learn, you can learn from the animal kingdom. A lion, when a lioness have cubs, the lion, the lion trying to tell you, I'm in males over here. You know what? I just kill all of them. Because even a lion knows that one of them going to grow up the tribe. Or all of them grow up the tribe. If they're males. So to secure his position, I ain't got to go through all that foolishness. I just kill them. Well, surely we're better than animals. Right? I know we're better than animals. So being that we're better than animals, we need to do what God so do. We spare not the rock right. of correction. Right. And we teach them while they're young. And as they grow up, when they act up, wear them out. Right. Somewhere along the line, they're going to say, you know what? This makes sense now. <laughs> this makes sense. If I don't do this, I won't get the brakes beat off of me. But if I keep doing this, she keep acting crazy. That's right, that's right. And moms, I'm telling you, it's hard enough for the husband. Because some husbands shuck the responsibility of dishing out the discipline. But I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying you can't fulfill and, and, and get them to a point where they won't be a thug out there on the street. You can with God's help. So I'm saying, how did we arrive at this point? We arrived at this point of all of this stuff that I've been talking about this morning because God is not in the home. My last one, 2 Kings chapter 2, there were some children making fun of You know, one of the ugliest sights you can see in our society today is 
children disrespecting elders. Making fun of them. Harassing them. Just no regard whatsoever. Well, these children found out a hard way. They were messing with the prophet of God. They were calling him Baldy. They say, oh, Baldy. Oh, Baldy. And they made fun. Oh, they made fun. And then two female bears came out and killed it. There. You need to be respectful. Amen. Now, 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 now this, is, this is a two-edged sword here. We always want to harp on children being respectful to adults and grown-ups. And I agree. I agree. But grown-ups need to be respectful and they need to honor and respect the leadership of the church. Amen. Amen. Not gonna allow your children to come and, and hold a church hostage. Not at Locust Grove. And just because you want to whoop and holler and threaten and leave and go somewhere else, y'all know what I'm pointing at. You can't control your child at home. And they think they're going to come up in here and have members scared to death. Shouldn't come here and be afraid when you worship it. Just as we charge that the children should be respectful to the elders, the elders should be respectful to the Lord. All of us owe respect to God. And all of us have a role to fulfill. To get out of this mess that we're in. When we're looking at what's going on around us. How did we arrive at this point? Lack of discipline in the home. It all goes back to the home, folks. It all goes back to the home. Young ladies get married. They curse at their husband. Don't want to cook, don't want to do things, this and that. You know why? Because the mama didn't have no respect for the dad. Yeah, I know I won't win no popularity contest on that one. And guess what? I ain't trying to. Husband talk to the wife any kind of way, call her name, and everything. And, and you know what? He, he, he don't see nothing wrong with it. Because guess what? That's the way daddy always spoke. We got to learn respect, folks. Amen. That's right. What, 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 
what is the message you're teaching your children as a husband and wife? What's the message you're teaching your daughter regarding one day if she want to get married, how to honor her husband and respect him? Amen. When they look at you. That's right. Amen. Husband will come in, tired and hungry. He'll say, you I'm tired too. <laughs> Ain't your slave. Well, you know what? If, if, if your daughter keep hearing that and seeing that, you know what she's going to tell the guy when you married? Be your son. Ain't your slave. Man, that's why you better find out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and, 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 and ladies, when these boys grow up and their, and their fathers had no respect for their mom, and they just only saw them as somebody to serve them. You better check it out before you say I do. Amen. Because one day he gonna say, you dumb, stupid, you clumsy, you, you, call me that. Well, you saw the signs, you saw the flags. Then you meet the mama, then you meet the daddy. I 
I've allowed distractions. I've allowed, I've allowed other things to just get in the way. I haven't been a father. I should. I've been out there trying to work and, and replace what I should have been teaching my children and spending time with them. I've been trying to replace that with buying them things. Mm -hmm. That ain't going to work, folks. Because things only bring happiness for a short time. But a true father's love will be remembered forever. You know, when I worked in the prison, one thing I'll never forget, I don't care how many inmates I spoke to, I don't care what their ages were. You know one thing they all would say? Man, I wish I'd listened to my parents. <laughs> and some of them were rough. But for the most part, majority of them, somebody told them the right thing to do. Somebody told them, don't be doing that. And they would say, Mr. Man, I just listen. If I just listen. I said, it's sad that it makes sense now. But you got 15, 25 years left. But but it didn't make sense why you was out there committing crimes. But then am, am, am I wrong? I know they say it. I know they say it. Just admit, I, I haven't had my priorities right. Ask God to forgive you. Get your priorities right. Mom, mom may say, what, what do I do? Look at, look at my situation. You ain't in no mess that God has never been able to clean up. Amen. God has cleaned up situations far worse than yours. Amen. You just need to get committed. You need to come and develop and get into an intimate relationship with God. Amen. And stop running around looking and hoping some man come along to bail you out and help Amen. you. Amen. And put your faith and trust in God. Amen. I get tired of being alone. Well, I understand. Aren't you tired of always ending up getting the news you got another baby on the way? Mm -hmm. By a different man? Mm -hmm. And he walks away? Let's be honest, folks. I didn't say all men. Most men just want to hit it. That's right. And go. Amen. That's right. Because if he truly, truly, truly respect you, he ain't gonna go there. Oh, I know both of them preach about that anymore. Don't even mention the word virgin. Young folks, if you are a virgin, stay one. Amen. Amen. Greatest, greatest wedding gift you can ever honor your spouse with Amen. is your virginity. Amen. I don't care if you can go to Jamaica or overseas or whatever. It, we are not compared to the pureness that you can offer your spouse Amen. on a wedding day. Amen. 
folks don't talk about that. Because we even got some parents who just don't believe it's possible to remain a virgin. Brother May, why you say that? Because you don't talk to your children about it. That's right. You don't encourage them and stress to them the importance of remaining a virgin. Why should I say what? Then when they do it at one time, they can lose their mind. That's why God designed it. If you're going to lose your mind over that one time, make sure you got a husband to lose it with. Losing a marriage. You can be clumsy together. It could be funny together. Ain't nobody coming into the relationship. I'm the pro at this. You know how many times I know. No. God designed that the greatest thing you can offer is your purity. Yeah, I still talk about it. Thank